This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world and our Road to Tokyo series where we cast a spotlight on Malaysian representatives at the upcoming Tokyo Olympics. On to our last episode of this series, we head out to the waters with sailor Cairo Nizam Afendi, who is a two-time Asian Games silver medalist and two-time Olympian. He's about to make his third Olympic appearance in Tokyo, following up his previous results, where he placed 47th at his Olympic debut in London in 2012 and improved to 35th in Rio de Janeiro four years ago. This year, Malaysia will make history being represented by four sailors in Tokyo, the biggest ever representation in Olympic sailing. Chironism speaks to us from his training base in Ankawi. So with this lockdown, our training a bit hard since last year. Uh, we started in June last year uh, with uh, quarantine-based training until now. So we hardly move around, so we have to focus on just training. A bit boring, but uh, we have to keep on our mind that we have a target to achieve, which is the Olympics. So we try, uh, we try to train every day as hard as possible, and yeah, try to be uh, prepared as prepared as well as before we fly to uh, Japan next week. Great stuff, uh, Cairo. You just came back from Spain. Um, you were training in Spain recently. How was that like? Yeah, Spain was nice. We have a great condition. A uh, big wave. Uh, strong winds and we have a good uh, sail over there as well so yeah the reason we we, we went there is for to adapt with the uh, strong breeze and big waves because in Malaysia currently we have only flat water and uh, light to medium wind so right. in sailing we have to you know to adapt with variety of condition so uh, like in Tokyo we hope that we can perform in every kind of condition as well um, how did you react um, to the Tokyo Olympics postponement last year? Okay, first, yeah, we also don't know that this coronavirus getting serious during that time. And yeah, the decision to postpone it, it was a good call as every country, like everyone is not prepared for this virus. So for the athlete and official safety, yeah, it's a good call from the organizer. And yes, currently also it's not a good, a good, uh, situation right now with the pandemic but I believe that the organizer is prepared they are prepared well to organize this event with uh, to and secure our safety during the event yeah I think a lot of Malaysian fans were pretty upset that you know um, we were looking forward to this Olympics so finally it's going to happen in less than a month's time so we are looking yes, forward yes. to seeing you uh, on the waters as well but uh, Cairo yes. training during the MCO like you mentioned briefly at the top is pretty different isn't it um, tell us a little bit about your home workout routine during this pandemic okay uh, before the quarantine based training yeah, we, have, we only have a home training and yep it was a bit struggle as we don't have uh, proper equipment we only have, we only do some uh, bodyweight training like uh, the circuit training, you know, and then, yep, and then I bought some, uh, my dad bought for me the cycling machine, so we have another equipment, so that's it. We try, we try to improvise the exercise as much as we can and try to uh, stay fit as possible mm. until 
we enter the training camp until now. So in training camp, we have a proper equipment. We have the gym, everything that we can use. Yeah. So yeah, start from then, it's getting uh, like a normal. During the lockdown, it was the first lockdown. I was not on water for three months. Wow. Uh, around 19 days. So it's a bit hard. Yeah. And then we come back. We come back to the training, training camp. We started like nearly from zero, you know, try to adapt back, try to gain the fitness, uh, the specific fitness. So, yeah, it's quite hard. And then uh, until the end of last year, we try work uh, as much as you can in uh, every aspect. And then, yep, starting from this year, early of this year, we start to plan to go Europe to more to, I mean, to adapt with the better condition in Europe. Yeah. Got you. Uh, Kari, I want to talk a little bit about your support group. Your dad is your coach and your dad used to be a national sailor as well. Um, yes. Tell us about his impact in your yes. career so far. You pretty much came up from a family of sailors, didn't you? Uh, my siblings are all uh, ex-national sailors. Now, currently, I'm the one who who's still in the national teams. So, yeah, my dad is an ex-national sailor and currently is uh, my coach. So, yeah, he's been, uh, been behind me, pushing me quite a few years since the first Olympics until now. He keep pushing me hard, you know, and then he tried to give the best program, the best training for me so I can stay on top as long as possible. So, yeah, he's the one that gives the, I mean, like the plan and for my journey and one of the men that behind all of my success, yes. Mm. It's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? The father-son coaching athlete dynamic. Um, is it pretty much sailing all the time, 24-7, even after training when you guys are having dinner? Is it? Are you guys talking sailing all the time? Oh, even in, during dinner, we talk about sailing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes we have, sometimes we have uh, arguing, even if we have arguing on the dinner mm. table, you know, mm. you know sometimes. This happened because like all our life is about sailing, you know, we go sailing, we go, you know, even we are not competing, we watch the TV, someone racing, we will, we will arguing each other, you know, how <laughs> uh, to discuss what is the problem and so on, you know, so I think it's fun that we have some something to discuss with, you know, that we are ex- expert in, mm. so yeah, it's good. That's nice you know, to hear. We can, we can get knowledge. Yeah, we can share the knowledge. We can change, change the knowledge. So for me, it's a good, good, good science. Yeah. <laughs> nice to hear. Um, Cairo, you started uh, sailing at the age of five. That's really, really young. And of course, uh, it's second nature to you because you came from a family of sailors. But do you remember when was your, the moment where you thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this competitively. I'm going to dedicate my life to sailing. Okay. Um... The first first time I was uh, sailing was five years. So yeah, during that time I was uh, so young, and I just think that I want to play around for fun, and right? My dad like for fun, yep. And but I like swimming that time more than sailing. Mm. So yeah, but my dad forced me to go sailing. Uh, first time it was like I feel like my dad pushed me too hard. But then when I compete at age of seven, it started to you know uh, the the I mean the patient is there. You know the patient start to come and. Yep, when I uh, I do really enjoy when racing. You know, I if I lose, I lose. I, I try to prepare for the next event, and I I try to be better than before. You know, and the journey start continue until now. Yeah. You never stop learning. You know, in sailing, you will learn uh, new things every day and try to improve 
day by day. Mm. Yes. Look where you are now, Cairo. About to be a three-time Olympian. So that pushing yeah. did you well. Um, so you started sailing at the age of seven. Was it solo or with your dad? Or I started at age of five. Mm, competitively, uh, normally, your first tournament. Normally, uh, tournament, tournament. If you you are entering tournament, it's gonna be solo, sing, single-handed. Oh wow! So no one will be with you on board. So you are we start sailing alone. So yeah, the first time it was a bit scary, but and then you know you have friends, everyone around the racing track. So it's get it's getting fun, you know. During the kids, we we, we play like a bumper car. You know, we don't care about <laughs> racing. We just hit people boat. You know, we, we try to make it fun. And then when it when I start going up, so we become become more serious and try to win every regatta. Wow, yeah. you, you started sailing solo at the age of seven. That is just crazy yes. and so awesome to me. Yes. Um, let's go into a little bit about uh, your events now. You sail the laser event. Why do you decide to sail laser and what has kept you sailing laser since? Okay, um, first I was starting with the Optimist. Optimist is the single-handed class. So laser also is a similar single-handed class but much bigger boat. So for me, to, to sail in the single-handed boat is much easier on the i mean the uh changing the changing phase the adaptation you, you know you already before you already play single and now you jump to the olympic class you are single-handed so it's much easier compared to double-handed because you need to create the good communication you know we have to be synchronized so it's a bit hard so okay. and also i'm uh, uh i like to be decide my decision my own so right. I'm like a one man, <laughs> like a one man uh, person, you know. So that's why I choose a single header. Also, I have a good um, physical size for this laser class, and it's hard to find a Malaysian sailor that have a uh, tall at one eighty above. So right. I think the opportunity to jump to this class and you know to try to be on top, you need to uh, in laser class require a uh, high physical demand. You know the fitness, everything. So yeah. Uh, I like it, and that's why I choose laser. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, tell us about the time uh, your your debut Olympics at the London Olympics. What was it like? You know, as one of the younger sailors on on the fleet. When the qualification in uh, Botterhagen, Germany, two thousand twelve before the Olympics, I was not expecting that I will I will qualify because our aim is two thousand sixteen, mm. and I just uh, I just do my best, try to race there to get gain exposure but during the middle of the the competition we realized that i'm in the qualifying uh, qualifi- qualifying position right so i can qualify so then we start to you know okay at least we take this spot you know even if we lose we're still happy because we are we are in the fighting position for the spot mm. so at the end we, we fight until the last race and yeah i managed to qualify for the games and yeah during that time, uh, I think I a bit young and lack of experience. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have a lot of exposure and yeah. And we went to London and London was very strong wind. Every day was like nearly 25 to 30 knots, which I never, like I'm really used to it. So, you know, uh, I'm a struggle at London, but I gain a lot of experience and knowledge from there, you know. It, there's a, you know, you, you cannot buy this thing. You know, you have to experience it. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, that's good. Then I in, uh, then I will, after that, I just getting in, improved and be made more matured on the rest course. Yeah. Mm. And then 
talk 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 through us uh, about your performance in uh, Rio. You ended up thirty fifth, thirty fifth. Yeah, Rio. I'm a bit uh, unlucky because I've been prepared very well, but three months before the Olympic, I was I struggled with my knee injury, okay. and I I went there with uh, one leg injured. So yeah, I'm a bit upset with the the I mean the result, but. Some of the race I did better, I did good, you know, despite my injuries. But yeah, I'm happy with it, and that's it. Yeah, but hmm. overall, Rio is, is much better than London. For yeah, sure. yeah, much yeah. Better. I mean, in terms of yes. positioning as well, right? 35th yes, in Rio, yes. 47th yes. in London. Yeah. How about Tokyo? What are your personal goals for this upcoming games? Oh, my personal personal goal is currently to be on. I mean, like to be honest. Currently, it's hard to set a goal because I don't know what is my competitor okay. level is. Mm-hmm. But I try to be, try to do my best and try to be on top 20 top twenty this time. And if I can, uh, if if I I think I can do better, so I might be even aim higher, top 15. You know, because I believe that I have all the knowledge and experience and just. I have to make a good decision during the in the rest track and try to uh, make a good start every race and try to escape uh, as fast as possible from the fleet. That was Kyronism Afendi, one of the laser sailors who will be representing Malaysia at the upcoming Tokyo Olympics. More of that conversation coming your way, so do stay tuned right here on our Road to Tokyo series on Banan. This is BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9 My name's Daryl And you tune in to Bar None The show that brings you Through the ins and outs Of the sporting world And our Road to Tokyo series Where we cast a spotlight On Malaysian Olympians That will be representing the country At the upcoming Tokyo Olympics On the programme this week We've been speaking to Olympic sailor Cairo Nizam Afendi Who is set to make his third appearance At an Olympic Games in Tokyo Picking up where we left off Here we explore what it takes to sail at the highest level. I think my strength will be on the medium to strong wind uh, condition, and because that uh, in this condition you require like uh, good fitness, and uh, you know you have a, you need to have a good technique. So I really like this condition. You know when I need to hike out. So, yeah, this is my best uh, strength. Yeah, yeah, and it's really interesting that you mentioned that um, the conditions, right? It does play a part. You've you've sailed all over the world, many different climates, yes. many different types yes. of waters. How do you adapt yes. to each situation? Like uh, sailing, so every place we have a different condition. So that's why we fly there earlier. Okay, you mm. need to fly there earlier, like maybe one or two weeks before. Depends on the The level of competition we fly there earlier, so we have we need to adapt with the the, the situation, the condition over there. So yeah, we try to gain as much as uh, input, like mm. all the geographical and the, the wind could build the wind pattern. You know the tight mm. tight situation, everything. So we have to learn this. We have to analyze and and we have to be prepared before the race if we just go there and compete it's going to be so hard and we will struggle along the 
competition during the race. Mm. That being said, though, uh, the 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 conditions of the water change day by day, doesn't it? You know, one day it could be rough, another day yes. it's still. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. just about adapting to whatever that day is. Yes, that's right. Um, you said all over the world, like I mentioned. Where's your favorite place so far? My favorite place, uh, Lake Garda in Italy. Okay. They have a unique, unique place and uh, nice, uh, nice for sailing and also on the land. You know, on the while sailing, you have a good breeze, good breeze, and also the. I mean, like you can train a lot. Like like Garda, they have a specific the wind. Uh, being only from two directions, and you can train like a downwind, and you, when you come back again, you get you get another wind, so you can get, come back again with downwind, you know. Right. So, right. Vice versa. So it's a good place to train, and also with a nice view, you know, and also a good uh, place for cycling, you know, tourists. So I like I like Legada. That's nice. And also, and also one more will be, I think I I will choose like uh, Tenerife. Like I went last in in March, so Tenerife Island was very nice place. It was very good. The sailing condition, the people, the the I mean the 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 place is also very nice. You know, I really do enjoy, and I can, I don't feel tired at all when you come back from sailing. Right. You know. Mm. Yeah. Understand. Um, Cairo, let's talk a bit now about your latest suit. Uh, it's a custom made suit. Um, crafted uh, by the people behind uh, by people at UITM and Fitech Asia, right? Uh, your suit costs fifty thousand ringgit. Tell us more about it. Ah, uh, so currently I still uh, waiting for the last. Uh, I mean the last uh, production. So I don't know yet how it gonna be look like. So they are, they keep communicating with me. Mm. Yeah, but I think this is like a good. For for starting of the collaboration, you know, and uh, I do I do not expect high from them, but at least they they have the I do respect their their patience to do this mm. this project, mm. you know, because it's impossible to create a high performance suits within a year, yeah, because you need uh, R and D everything, you know, but they did. They still want to do it, and I really appreciate it. But I, I still need to wait for the last last mm. production as pattern of the suit, so I can try and I can uh, have a look on it. Mm. You know, because in Olympics, when it's changing uh, another suit, you have, you need also to adapt with it. You cannot just like map change. No, yeah, understand. You have to adapt with it. You have to use it like one two weeks. You no, know, get it stretch it properly, and then when it suit with your body, so it's gonna feel the better but yeah if not this if this project is not work for the Olympic I might still ask them still continue for we have a Asian game a sea game you know yeah. why not we just continue the project don't stop it is, yeah. is, is this your first time having a custom suit were you not wearing custom yes, suits first time. oh okay no 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 we don't have custom suit we have normally we, have, we buy from the direct factory so that's it Another thing about sailing is the boat, right? Getting comfortable with your boat is yes. essential. Uh, Cairo, what do you look for when selecting the right boat? Okay, um, for Olympics, the boat will be provided mm-hmm. for my class. But other championship, uh, like during Asian Games, again, we 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 will bring our own boat. So for selecting the boat, we will try to get the good. I mean, good setup for. 
me mm. like demonstrate you know everything so it's gonna be uh, I need to give them the my height and weight measurement so they will try to give the best board for me so mm. that's 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 what I can do because uh, in laser it's a, like a one design class you cannot like modify a lot that's why we have to even though we give the measurement of our body and uh, my weight and height but they still need to compare with the regulation that already stated in the classroom. Mm. So it, it doesn't make uh, so much different compared to other boats. Yeah. Right, got you. So yeah, so we are like a one design class. So it's hard. So all all the performance, I think 90% is on ourselves, our technique, tactical, and then that's it. You know, and our fitness. Mm. This is our class demand. Yeah, I mean, tuning, uh, this just hearing you um, telling me about the boat and you know tuning the boat to your mm. liking it's almost comparable to Formula 1 isn't it um, where the mechanics will work on the car and the sort of thing uh, for my class it's not like that because my class is more like uh, I mean standardized okay everyone uh, starts the, the same dub- yeah the same thing if the double handed class like International 420 which our girl are, are in it uh, yeah, they have modification, a lot of modification like F1, you know, they change change the clip, the rope, yeah. everything. So the system, uh, they are similar to F1, they can modify it. But on my class, I'm a simple class in Olympics, but really demand high physical and yeah, all the, and also the level of uh, toughness is so, so high. Got you, got you. Uh, Cairo, only a handful of sailors have made it to the Olympics, male sailors. Mm. Uh, in Malaysia, you've been doing this for a while now. Would you say that sailing in Malaysia is a male-dominated sport? I can say that currently, yeah. Mm. We are still lack of a female or woman sailor in Malaysia. Why do you think so? Um, I don't know. Maybe about our culture, I think. Yeah, maybe because... Uh, we try. I try to find. We, we. I think the association also try to find where is the lack of this uh, problem. You know, we tried. We already, you know, we already um, try to do a program where call uh, maybe to invite a woman or female sailor, you know, to join us. Uh, but I don't know. Even in my state, Kedah, we have a very small number of female sailor. Mm. So. <laughs> I think maybe we need to do a awareness campaign that a female or woman also can be a sailor. You know, it's not that hard. You mm, know, we, mm. we also have the the sport for the Olympics. They 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 not, they will fight between their own gender, not with the men. You know, so that's I think it can be done when we start from the grassroots, yeah. go to the school, try yeah. to. Try to you know give the awareness. Say okay, this uh, sailing is also same like other sport like badminton, you know, like uh, uh, hockey or what else. The the track and field. We have also a woman category, and we need a woman, a female athlete as well. Mm. If we if we do have this female, uh, a lot of female athlete, I think we will be great, much much better. As now in the Olympic team, we have more female than a male. Mm. You know, we have three female sailors and I only, me, one man. So even though they have a small number, but they are very good. Yeah. They have a quality. Yeah. That, that's that's why I'm, then also, I believe that 
if we have more female sailor, we can win like more medals in Asian Games, Sea Games, you know, and maybe qualify to Olympics as well because other country in Asia also they have lack of female sailor. If hmm. we take this opportunity, I believe that it will be a good for sailing in Malaysia. For sure. Um, do you think one of the issues is about sailing is accessibility? You know, when uh, you mentioned the sports, you mentioned badminton, you just buy a racket and then a shuttle. Football, you just buy a football. Sailing though, how does one actually start sailing if they want to? Okay. Sailing, the accessibility is very easy to access because we have every state in our, uh, every state they have a sailing uh, association. Mm. So also our government being Uh, being uh, funding everything, the equipment, everything under the uh, National Sport Council. They're being provided the boots, the sales, everything. Mm. You know, you just go there and you just bring yourself and learn. So, so everything will be provided and free of charge. Mm. So the infrastructure is there. It's just the awareness. People yes. don't know about yes. this. Mm. Yes. I understand. Um, yes. Cairo, I think you are one of the fl- uh, flag bearers of Malaysian sailing and I think you can, you know, um, spread this message out. Also, one of your ambitions uh, is to be a sailing coach. Um, yes. How do you plan to do this? You plan to start an academy? Uh, I have a plan to maybe uh, to start an academy, but I I think I will need uh, to gain more experience on the coaching aspect before I started my own academy or my own sailing club. You know, I try to try to join the uh, the national coach, uh, the national level or the states or I might go to other country for coaching first and then when I am ready to start my own academy then I will try to do it, you know. Yeah, for sure my, my aim is to have my own academy or my own sailing club for the young generation yeah mm. um, lastly what are your hopes for Malaysian sailing uh, I hope Malaysian sailing getting improved and not only the dinghy class so I also expect uh, we also improve in the killboat as currently we only focusing on the Olympic class and in the, in the killboat we are still lagging we have very good talented Uh, big guy, you know, the older guy, they can still be uh, sailing big boats and be, be competitive. So I hope uh, sailing will cover everything, uh, dinghy, seal boats, you know, every class and try to be, uh, try to participate or try to be in the world map. You know, every time if they have a sailing competition, we can see Malaysian is there, you know, that's why I'm hoping and yeah. From there, I think we will produce more quality seller, you know, more experienced seller, uh, and yeah, and people we know and people we starting to join selling from there. That was Olympic sailor Cairo Nizam Afendi about to make his third Olympic appearance in Tokyo. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit the interview. You can head over to our website www.bfm.my forward slash bar none and if you'd like to get in touch with us you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name's Daryl Ong and this has been Bar None the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week only here on BFM 89.9 The Business Station. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.